Welcome to Hearthstone Deck Tech Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, Freeze Mage with So Legit. Welcome to Hearthstone Deck Tech. I'm your host, Ken. Uh, you are listening to Season 2, Episode 3, and we're talking Freeze Mage with a very special guest on today's podcast. Some of you may know him if you play on the standard rank ladder often um, in the top 500, top 200, 500 range, maybe top 100, 500 range. You've probably seen this name often and you probably thought he was playing uh conjurer's mage and were sorely disappointed when he hit you with something else so we were talking to <laughs> so legit david ramos uh from socal david welcome to the podcast happy to be here david uh you know i i went through your twitch i i'm a big fan of you man i i i caught you randomly on one stream maybe like a year and a half ago um I think maybe I had bumped into you on the Legend Ladder, and I was like, oh, I, I wonder if this guy's streaming. Let me go see what kind of stuff he plays, because you were playing uh, something that in the meta at the time I didn't uh, expect to see. And over the year, I've noticed that you always end up with high Legend finishes, and you never bring, um, I guess, what people would call public enemy number one. Like, I, I don't see you playing Temple Rogue. <laughs> You know, you always bring like freeze mage. Like typically, I always see like a freeze mage list or something really creative. Um, and I was wondering, maybe if you could just tell people at home about maybe some of your accomplishments, notable accomplishments in the game, and your history with Hearthstone in general. Yeah, so I've been playing Hearthstone since early 2014, actually. Oh man, it's been like five years now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I started it. That was uh, back in open beta, I think. Yeah, it was in, back in open beta. I think Pyroblast just got nerfed. It mm -hmm. used to be 8 mana, by the way. And yeah. then it, it changed to 10 mana. And I pretty much joined like right after that area. And I have I had some experience in card games. Not a whole like huge competitive background. Like I would play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic with um, my middle school and high school friends. But... Um, it was like very casual and like we it was actually it was really fun back then because when we played with each other there wasn't really a meta we were just playing with the cards we had and like hearthstone is um it's unique because it was like the first online card game that um that you can it, it was very accessible to play with other people in like a rank ladder yeah. right um no other card games really had that or like wasn't as big at the time anyways so like i'm playing so i play hearthstone you know figured out that ev everyone wants to play the same like three or four decks even back then and it was like i always found that like that's fine and i get why they do that they want to win but i i like i really enjoyed deck building back in Ma both magic and Yu-Gi-Oh, and that kind of transferred over to Hearthstone. Like, I wanted to build my own decks. That's uh, why even now I'm still building my own decks instead of really playing the top-tier decks. It's not that, like, I don't find the top-tier decks, like, not fun or anything. Some of them, like, uh, I have a ton of fun. Like, even March this year, I finished number four playing Raiding Party Rogue. I forgot mm. what we called it back. I think we, I think we were calling it still Miracle Rogue. Yeah, yeah, that was like two. Yeah, that was like two months ago, and even that I finished. Yeah, I finished the season number four. And it was a really good deck. I actually really enjoy Rogue, 
But like now, it's like, I don't know, for some reason, I just don't find it as fun. Even though it is like the number one, like, it's like, uh, undisputably the number one deck right now. But for some reason, I don't know, I just don't find it as fun anymore. And that's why I just not play it, right? Instead, like, pretty much what I do with like every season is I try to build some fun stuff and, you know, just jam it on ladder. You know, see I, how far it goes. <laughs> I definitely feel that sentiment because as the season starts, I always just try a different decks, and you know, I'll try the whatever quote unquote tier one decks early in the season, and you know, they're obviously very powerful, and you know, they yeah. they do have uh, winning sometimes feels great. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, oh, yeah, uh, it's a good feeling. <laughs> but uh, I quickly lose interest in playing something that I see the mirror of often. Or like, you know, I'm like, oh, everyone else is playing it. So it's not it's not really rewarding. It doesn't really feel rewarding or uh, innovative to play. And then I start just like my ladder climb just becomes messed up because I'm playing random shit. Like I would just like start playing the craziest stuff, <laughs> like, you know, trying to figure out how to make tag Nosk Whisker or whatever that new le- rogue legendary work. In a oh, the rogue legendary? Yeah, you know, like I... You know, yeah. and I, I know I noticed that, like, you know, that we have a similar kind of uh, mentality, except your execution is 100 percent better than mine, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know here you are, like, you know, top 200, uh, you know, with, with freeze mains, right? I guess, I guess you've been playing a lot of freeze mains this season. And it's pretty incredible. I, I've basically man. only been playing freeze mage since Wrath of Shadows dropped, actually. Like, I think right now I have around 400 games logged. <laughs> Of wow, Jeffrey's mage. that yeah. is ridiculous. And we're talking about a post ice block uh, freeze mage. You know what I mean? Like you know where yeah. the strongest two cards in the deck are are, are pretty much gone now. Um, what what do you think are some of your proudest moments in your Hearthstone career? Like your major accomplishments, uh, whether it be a ladder finish or um, a tournament finish. What are some ones that stand out to you? Oh um, man, it's a it's really hard just to choose one. Mm-hmm. Cause well, like I've hit, bunch, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've hit um number one legend mm-hmm. and ladder uh twice now. The first time was uh with freeze mage. This was back in like patron warrior mm-hmm. was the most popular deck, and patron warrior was actually like, a hard counter to freeze mage. And I managed to hit uh number one back that is... then, and that was that was super fun. I actually uh that was probably my my favorite um meta back you know, then. That is actually my favorite meta, and it was my favorite because I played Patron Warrior a lot, and I really yeah. felt like that matchup was 80-20. Like, if I lost to a Freeze Mage player, I must have drawn extremely yeah, it was a... horrible. I don't. I, I actually don't see how a Freeze, you know, a Freeze Mage player could actually beat a Patron Warrior <laughs> just because of the, the armor gain, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. But uh, Yeah, it's a terrible matchup, and then you can just, like, hold your armor smiths and then use, like, yeah. double whirlwind, gain, exactly. like, 30 yeah. armor in a turn or something. And, yeah. and, like, it was a hard matchup, but, like, winning the matchup, like, you just feel so happy about that. And when does the majority of ladder, and also Control Warrior was also a deck back then, yeah. also very popular. So then, that, like, just carrying into war in general is always going to be a tough matchup, and when just, like... 50% of like high ladders and it gets tough, but I don't know. We just push through somehow one games. That's amazing, man. Like one. you were talking, yeah. you're talking like <laughs> getting rank one in a meta that is definitely, you know, uh, not, <laughs> not favorable to, to freeze mage. Um, 
you know, with the Grandmaster, the Grandmaster format, uh, are there any players that you are surprised not to see make the top 48? Or, uh, and if so, why? Yeah, um, actually, one person that I'm actually really surprised um, didn't make it to Grandmasters was my friend Hawk Meows. Um, mm. he, 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 um, he made the top eight in Worlds in 2016, I believe. Yeah, 2016. It was 2015. No, 2016. In 2016, he made top eight worlds, and he brought like he brought like Blood Warriors, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a warrior deck, and it was like super wacky. It didn't do too well, but it, he he still made top eight that year. And I really think he's like a really cool person, really good at the game. Um, his closest spot, like um, they released the. Um, the criterias of like each spot and one of them was top prize earner which was um given to strife crow in na yeah and i don't know the exact numbers but hot meals was actually like just right under strife crow mm -hmm. like just barely almost making it um but like if he was um I think if he did better in like 2018, like it was unfortunate Blizzard didn't really announce these yeah. changes earlier. If they said like uh, that 2018 results were going to be like this important for the future of competitive Hearthstone, then I think he would have tried like a lot harder. Yeah. He could have probably pushed uh, Strife Crow out of the top prize spot um, if he knew about that. And I, don't th I don't really think Strife Crow really competed. Mm -hmm. like last year like he's still a good player and all that but like the top earners uh top right earner spot would have gone to hot me out if we knew about these changes earlier i think yeah and like know, he always gets yeah he always gets like good results so i think he really would fit the grandmasters but you know the fact is I, yeah i mean there there really are just a lot of very very good hearthstone players out there and 48 spots really just isn't is not enough to capitalize on all of them especially when it seems yeah, like I, those spots are given retroactively you know where it's like okay hey you guys play hearthstone and then you know one year later it's like okay uh here's the criteria so we're gonna pick whoever fit this criteria now which is yeah i totally know. agree i think it could have been pushed out way better Oh, for like, sure, uh, definitely. Could have been told like way earlier. I think there are a lot of changes could be made to the system, but hopefully they see that and they do push out changes. Like I think rotating two spots in Grandmasters is just uh, per year is just way too little. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is, it's it makes the barrier for entry just way too competitive. And I, I mean, just even like qualifying through these, uh, doing these. Uh, random 12 round qualifiers to try to make it um yeah to make it to go to vegas it's is like ridiculous. i think um yeah i think uh mega man music on twitter he like crunch he does like a bunch of stat stuff and i think he like crunched the numbers mm -hmm. um at, he crunched the numbers um and if you use like the win rates of like the best players like hunter race mm -hmm. jesse and muzzy like i it was something like they only have like a five percent chance of making it into grandmaster something like that it, like it's insane yeah that's it's basically yeah. like if they were to go through the current system like 
Yeah. It's it's difficult. The current, I, it's crazy. I mean, because really, that current system is not only do you have to be an exceptional player, but you have to be exceptionally lucky. Because, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, I mean, you are a victim to your draws, victim to the matchups, you're victim to 12 rounds. And then that's just that's just to go to Vegas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's... Yeah, you can play the best decks and be the best player, and that doesn't guarantee that you can make it. Even if you were to win Vegas, that doesn't even guarantee you um, a spot in Grandmasters. Apparently, yeah. I this I, I well, you know, I I'm positive, or I, I I'm hopeful and optimistic that uh, you know they maybe look at this and and realize that yeah, you know, maybe we can change things uh, around a little bit more. I I don't know. I I know the first round of Grandmasters just happened, right? They just had a couple games like it's, the other day. I think it's still I think it's still happening like right now. Yeah, so, it, it actually is. <laughs> I mean, some of those games are pretty awesome, but you can... And, you know, like, to be fair, uh, all Hearthstone players always get really critical watching other people play. Like, you know, oh, hey, these guys missed lethal here, or, you know, uh, they played this turn wrong, and, you know, the result should have been 2-0 this person or whatnot. But um, you can see, like, nerves and stuff are really affecting a lot of players currently in Grandmasters, because a lot of games... Uh, you know, some players won, and I, I, they shouldn't have won those games that they won, and then, like the other players either miss lethal or, or whatnot. But I mean, I guess that that always goes with the territory. It's pretty, uh, it's a high-profile tournament and all that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's Hearthstone. That's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are, what are, three basic principles that um, people who don't consistently finish in the top 200 to 500 range what are three basic principles that they could probably improve on or focus on to help them with that uh legend climb um basically if you're trying to push for like super high legend ranks um you can't you have to play more quality games um a problem that i had was i used to play or most of my games you actually used to just be like on autopilot while i like do something else watch netflix and stuff but if you do that like you'll win some games but you're not maximizing your chances of winning all these games um you do want to pick a deck that you're comfortable with um like if the top deck in the meta like you're not you don't want to play it that really does affect your mentality especially if you're jamming that deck for like hundreds of games yep. a season right um you just you you really want to choose a deck one that you like and enjoy and then just play quality games with it um you basically just want to maximize your win rate put the time into it um also try to like set up goals like um you don't need to make the top 200 push um immediately right like you can start by going for like 1k and next season you can go for like 700 400 just just uh, make your way up there and um you know you work hard enough i think you anyone can get there i i actually think that if you can hit legends then you can hit top 200 legend um, you mentioned that uh, focusing on the quality of your decision making and the games in general versus the quantity of games. But would you say that there is still a minimum volume of games that would need to be played within a month 
to with a respectable win rate in um, order to finish in high legend? Um, well, the best strategy uh, for a top finish is to like make it up there first and then cap there and mm. like don't play anymore. But that's really if you really want like the top two to finish. Um, yeah, yeah, that's going to t- like um. Like the more the pl- you play, the better you are. Of course, um, you just keep practicing. Um, I still think that quality and having a highest win rate is the most important thing. Higher win rate means that you get to play less games. And yeah, um, the amount of games isn't that big of a factor as long as your win rate is super high, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in so your... of course, like get, having a super high win rate isn't that easy. You, oh yeah, you definitely have to, not. Like play the best you can, right? In your i in your normal monthly climb, like how quick are you hitting legend? Do you think? I mean, you're hitting it within the first four days or first seven days. Do you like not set um, hitting actual legend and getting that initial early uh, high legend rank? Um, as a priority or um, it really, try to prioritize it really that? the yeah it really depends um i think january of this year yeah january of this year um i hit legend day one of the season but that was mostly because like play uh, i made playoffs mm-hmm. and i wanted to jam like the best decks in the game to figure out the lineup that was happening in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was just playing the best decks, and then I hit Legend on like the first day. That was cool. But um, after that, I haven't really rushed Legend. Like I like to take it easy most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just play the, the fun decks. That's what I usually do, anyways. Um, most seasons. Um, do you? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Do you when when you sit down to play Hearthstone? Do you already know how long you're gonna play for? Like, I mean, sitting down, you're like, I'm gonna play f- four hours of Hearthstone today, or do you just sometimes just play and you know decide? Oh, or do you do you um, aim for like a goal? Like, I'm I'm gonna try to car- climb a couple ranks here, or you know tr- try to hit this before I camp off, or are you just playing it by feel and just be like, really. oh, you know, I'm tired, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, um, not really. Um, it uh, sometimes like back when ladder mattered a lot more and like having to finish mattered a lot more. Um, I would try a lot harder to actually climb as best as I can, mm-hmm. and I'll try to like hit a rank before I stop playing. But now it's like I don't care that much how quickly I climb to legend. I kind of just play whenever uh, when I stream. When I stream, I, I try to end the stream at at least with like climb maybe one or two ranks first before that happens. Mm. That's usually how it goes. Cool. I mean, hey, so you know, we were talking a little earlier, and you mentioned that you're going to graduate in a month. Um, so, you know, as a new, almost a new graduate going out into the world, uh, what are you looking <laughs> forward to in the future, uh, in real life, as well as? Uh, in the future of Hearthstone and, and what you do in Hearthstone in general? Honestly, in real life, I'm not 100% sure yet. Like, I'm ready to graduate. 
I've been thinking about it for a really long time, but it's like, I don't know, I can't really choose one thing that I want to do. I feel like I'm just going to see what I can get mm -hmm. and then move from there. Ideally, I want to eventually become a stockbroker, though. Mm. That's one thing. Eventually. Cool. That's, that's my end game. <laughs> As for Hearthstone, um, I don't know. I... With the current system, it's really hard to like reach the highest levels of um, competition, which is the Grandmasters. Um, I hope to... I can't make Vegas because Vegas is actually on my graduation day. Wow. So I didn't... Yeah, I couldn't uh, compete in the qualifiers for that. But for Seoul, which is the next Masters Tour... Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be competing in the qualifiers for that. Hopefully, I get to fly over to Korea. And man, really when cool. when is the Masters for Korea? I man, maybe I should just go fly and watch that. <laughs> I believe it's August. Um, it's mid August. Holy mid -August. shit! Really, mid -August. August? That's just around yeah. the corner. Man. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um, it is cool that um, I don't know if you heard about this, but they actually changed like some of the real names on qualifying like they're gonna have like before it would be three qualifiers per day um each region they're lowering it down to two qualifiers but instead of only one winner there's gonna be two mm. yeah um and they're also changing it um from swiss to single elimination oh, so hopefully wow. these yeah, hopefully hopefully that means that these cups do go faster cuz before they were actually taking like 13 plus hours just Dude, I, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But yeah, you you like, think the size of those cups will still be the same though? Like it'll be a 12 player or I mean there's 12 rounds in a cup, but how many players are in one cup? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it goes up to like 200 something. Um sheesh. Because a two hundred, yeah, I mean, a single elimination cup with two hundred players is still gonna take some time. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> it it takes like um the reason they said they want to use this system is because it would be easier for like people with jobs. It'll be more accessible. Mm -hmm. But like the current state of it, um, before these changes, um, it feels like you actually have to commit like much more time. Yeah. Yeah, into actually uh, qualifying. So it's like I don't. In so like these changes need to be made. I hope that more changes are going to be made in the future, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, definitely. I because you cannot. There's no way. I or I mean I wouldn't advise, you know, <laughs> putting aside 14 hours of your day, to for the chance, yeah. you know, for. That the chance that your good play is gonna be enough to qualify—that is uh, absurd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I was yeah, talking you to have media to an entire day. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I was talking to media a couple episodes ago, and we were talking about how uh, being second place feels just as bad as being last. I, even maybe even worse, simply because you know, well, you you got the same amount right as last, except you wasted yeah. 14 more hours. So. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, like, you get packs, but that doesn't really mean much if you're competing. Yeah, I mean, we all know what you're competing for at that point. Like, no one really cares. You know? Yeah, pretty much. 
like at lower levels yeah packs are cool but most people they don't they don't need the packs they yeah. probably have all the cards that they ever want <laughs> you know hey um i was so you know i was watching your stream uh and i yeah. noticed that most of the cards in your freeze mage deck are all gold i mean except uh, for like uh you know yeah, like you didn't have a that's... power creation I, is mage your favorite class it is it is um I actually just passed 25,000 wins, uh, play mode wins total. Bro. And Mage is at, Mage is the most at 4.5k wins. Um, I've been, I played like a lot of freeze Mage. Like, Mage has actually been sitting at like 3,000 for like the longest time. But that's because like, I probably, um, when freeze Mage was relevant, which was like several years, mm -hmm. two or three years, um, I think I had around like two thousand of those just freeze mage. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. That is crazy. Yeah, it's my favorite. So freeze yeah, mage and is like your when the rotation. Archetype? Yeah, yeah, for sure, it is. Um, and like I always wanted a golden freeze mage deck, mm -hmm. but never really had the dust to like. There's always like other stuff that I would um rather build because like golden cards is like not a very high priority. For sure. Then the rotation happened, and then I had all this dust. Mm -hmm. I, I I I did the math. It cost it would cost me fifty k dust to have a full golden freeze mage deck. Um, and after dusting, I had around like thirty five k or something. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, I can I can craft most. And I also pulled golden calicos, oh, which man. is part of the freeze mage list, right? Yeah. So I figured, all right, if there's a time to make golden freeze mage, it would be right now. <laughs> I also think that like freeze mage hasn't been good in a very long time, and I think is actually really strong right now. So I'm like, hey, why not? <laughs> so you know what? On that note, um, let's talk a little bit about this deck list that you have today but before we get into the deckless mm -hmm. i just wanted to ask what is your favorite iteration of freeze mage like what, what uh you know when did you like i guess the archetype the most and was it because of the power of the deck itself um or the meta oh. did it just dominate a special kind of meta mm, it's hard to say because like freeze mage is a deck i've been playing since open beta Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the, I remember the first version of Freeze Mage running like mirror and uh, mirror images, yeah, like just as a defensive tool, Azure Drakes. Yeah, um, good old Azure. It didn't Drake. even run. Oh yeah, I miss that card. <laughs> yeah. Even I think it was even running Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like oh, it was so it was so good back do, then. <laughs> do you remember? Do you, you don't remember what Mind Control cost eight? Do you? Um. I don't think I was playing back then. I think like when mind control costed ten was like around the same time pyroblast uh, uh, costed ten. I think. Freeze Mage is such a wild but, deck, man. I mean, so so you have this list, and you know, honestly, you're the only player I know that's playing Freeze Mage because right now most oh, players yeah, nobody playing, playing this deck. They're like playing Conjures, Calling, or like Big Hand Mage, whatever you call it. And, or they're playing the that mixture that has Mana Cyclone and... Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, people are calling it Miracle Mage. They either call it Miracle Mage or Cyclone Mage. One, uh, one of the two. You know what? I, I yeah, think that, that, that deck is fun. Like, it making is, a bunch is. of spells I've is tried it. freaking amazing. But 
that's that's for a different episode, right? We'll, we'll get Kriya or somebody on for that. But today we're talking about <laughs> Freeze Mange. So for those of you who are listening to podcasts and uh, you know are too lazy to download the list in the description, we have two Ray of Frost, one Acidic Swamp Ooze, one Blood Mage Thalnos, two Doomsayers, two Frost Bolts, one Acolyte of Pain, two Intellects, two Novas, uh, two Arcane Keysmiths, two Fireballs, uh, two Rotten Apple Bombs, um, two Sun Reaver War Mage, one Zilliax, two Blizzard, one Archmage Antonitis, one Flame Strike. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I might have messed this list up. Uh, one Power of Creation, or two Power of Creation, one Alexstrasza, uh, one Caligos, and one Pyroblast. I think there's a second card here. Anyway, that's pretty much the list. I, I you know, I think um, I, th- I think you missed Caligos and Zilliax. But yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, we have a Caligos, and we I think I said when we have a Zilliax, right? So yep, you'll see yep. the list on the on the YouTube video. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about this? Like, is this what decks do you want to face with this, and why did you choose to play this? Outside of the fact that you'd love to play Freeze Mage. So this version of Freeze Mage. Oh man, I've built like four different versions, but this specific one is mostly for a ladder full of rogues, um, warriors, and to some degree, hunters. Um, it's running a lot of defensive cards like Rotten Apple Bomb just because it's it's heal and Mage doesn't really have access to heal, but I think Rotten Apple Bomb actually does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cards like Zilliax, um, Arcane Keysmith can hit Ice Barrier at some just more defensive tools. Um, but yeah, basically, this is this list is for the decks you are going to see most of on ladder. I think, um, in general, you want to queue. Um, this deck is mostly for rogues, or primarily for rogues. And if you're you're always happy to queue into like some zoo type deck, mm-hmm. uh, zoo lock, um, or lock shaman, those stuff. Um, those have historically been really good matchup for Freeze Mage. Um, stuff like Warrior and Hunter, like even though it's sort of tech towards those, you don't want to queue into them. You, they're not like um, it's not auto lose or anything. Like um, Freeze Mage has actually always been like really bad versus all types of Warrior, just because armor destroys decks that focus on limited amounts of burn but with this deck since you run cards like power of creation caligos um even uh, archmage and pyroblast you have you have so much more burst uh you can actually pressure the warrior with power or just with minion pressure and you can actually win those games hunter is pretty hard but you can win that matchup um, they do. They are very aggressive really early, but if you mulligan for stuff like Keysmith, Rotten Apple Bomb, um, even like Frostbolt Doomsayer, then you, you can play defensively and win those games. When we, when we talk about Hunter, are we? Uh, which one is the more difficult archetype to deal with? The Bomb Hunter, the uh, one that, or the that other Hunter, like Nine? Um, I would probably say Bomb Hunter. Um, the only other hunter I really see is like secret mid range hunter, mm. but that deck um, they're actually not as aggressive as they were like 
free expansion. Um, you can actually just never proc any of their secrets. Just like pass a bunch of turns, um, burn them down. You don't even need to set up Alex because they don't really have heal. And you just burn them, and you, like they actually give you a lot of time. So, what are the typical lines of play um, before the win condition? Like, um, how in like how many matchups are you al uh, actually doing Alex into double fireball, frost bolt? And you know what other matchups where do you just like have to run them out of resources and you know just drop some big stuff like a power creation. Yeah, so the thing about Freeze Mage is that its win condition is very flexible. You can either start burning them down early, or you can go for like an Alexstrasza, or you can try to set up an Alex or uh, Alexstrasza play and do a bunch of stuff before then. And the hardest part about Freeze Mage is actually identifying that win condition. Or maybe not the hardest part, but that's a really big part. And when you do that, you have to pretty much look several turns ahead. Mm -hmm. Like, um, sometimes you want to hold your Doomsayers, even if it's, like, the only play you have. Sometimes mm -hmm. you want to hold your Doomsayers because, like, it, doesn't re it might not set up anything for the next turn. Um, a lot of the time, like, I would have, like, Power of Creation in my hand. It would be, like turn six or something and i could play doomsayer right now but i'd rather play doomsayer on like turn seven. seven yeah yeah so i can set up a power of creation on an empty board the next turn and it's like stuff like that like you really do need to look into the future plan out your plays and not just not just play out cards that are glowing green you know <laughs> mm -hmm. no I, you know that's a great point actually that that example is perfect um and you know i suggest those of you listening to catch uh his stream at twitch.tv slash so legit hs um because you actually i yesterday you had a, a match versus a um versus a conjure mage where like that same line of play came into the question right like you skipped the turn six on like killing a zilliax on six and instead you waited one more turn to drop the doomsayer on seven for a turn eight and uh i mean you know that guy Kriya, who was another really good player. He uh, yeah. eventually ended up getting a huge power creation or um, conjuring board with a bunch of giants. But you were able to uh, slow that board down and find lethal over the course of the next couple of turns with the double fireball frostbolt. And uh, yeah, I so think I mean that's list... really amazing. Yeah, I think um, with that list um, that I've been using the last few days, because. Uh, um, the list right now um for the podcast um this was actually before miracle mage or miracle slash cyclone mage was popular that deck only became popular like last week i think so i actually changed the deck a bit i took out um rotten apple bombs to put in polymorphs mm -hmm. just because um against miracle mage people always expect the mirror of your mage because it's the most popular mage deck right now yeah and sometimes they'll just drop a giant and not set up for like a one turn giant conjure turn so if they just throw the giant down then you can actually um actually have counterplay with polymorph and that really swings the game in terms of matchup do you feel that that is one of the most difficult matchups the conjuring uh conjurer's mage, cyclone um, mage or? 
What are the decks what? that you don't want to see as Freeze Mage? As Freeze Mage, um, you definitely don't want to see Control Warrior, um, Bomb Hunter. Um, I'm actually okay queuing into Miracle Mage if you run Polymorph. Mm -hmm. If not, then it's actually a lot harder because you can. You only have a limited amount of freeze. Um, once you stop freezing their board, then well, they have like five eight eights on board. Yeah, pushing a million damage on your face, you can't really do much. It's really hard to like freeze and burn them at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Mage was a lot easier of a matchup for some reason, even though they do run more minions. I feel like they don't pressure sure you hard, as yeah. hard for some reason. It's weird. No, that makes but, sense. Yeah, because like they're a minion-based deck, um, and you're a deck that pretty much beats decks that go wide. Yeah. Right. Since you have all your freezes and stuff, and I don't know, like it's it, for some reason it's easier to to kill dragon mages. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, how how pivotal, or how good of a card is Calicos? Um, like, what? Actually, oh man, I actually really love Calicos. Yeah. Um, it does. It is a pretty slow card, but just having it on board, even for just one turn, can really swing the game. Like even against like if you can make it to turn ten against like Rogue or something, you can do something like Calicos. Uh, freeze the board. They're by then, they probably already used their saps mm -hmm. um, or, like, any hard removal. And then you can just follow up with a power of creation and then, like, clear the board in the same turn. Yeah. Or you can even set up, like, um, if you have, like, another minion, you can even go Caligos AoE Freeze. Then the next turn, go, like, Alexstrasza, Pyroblast. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, messed up. Finish the game. That is not nice. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. I'm actually so glad that they printed this card because Mage has never gotten good legendaries for a very long time. And it's the first time they've gotten, oh, well, uh, Caligos and Khadgar. The first mm, time that got two, Mage yeah. gotten, yeah, two good legendaries. That's, that's crazy to me. <laughs> On separate ends of the spectrum, well, I guess Khadgar is kind of a later gameplay too, I guess when you think about it. It's not really a turn three or four play, but. At earliest, it's like a turn five play. If you somehow get a giant and then you have Kedgar. Um, so, um, for some people who are new to the deck, I guess, what are some insights or plays that are maybe not very intuitive um, that, you know, a new player to the deck is always going to, or will probably think is the right play, but is probably the wrong play? What kind of, uh, do any of those types of decision-making situations ever come into play where, you know, I don't know, someone picks a certain type of secret with Arcane Keysmith when they should always be picking something else? Or are they playing Doomsayer and a freeze effect when maybe they should be staggering them? Or is there anything that sticks out to you as a not very intuitive but a very important part of the strategy for Freeze Mage? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Like, Freeze Mage has always been like, oh, very difficult deck to play at some point it was considered like one of the hardest decks to play so there really is like a bunch of options and it's playing the deck is really knowing like which options to choose example like um arcane cavesmith basically um 
against like warrior you always want to get either counter spell or, or spellbender mostly spellbender because um to win that matchup you need to be able to play big minions mm -hmm. and um big minions um if you have spellbender up they have a higher chance of uh, surviving counter spell is um also good but not as good as spellbender because it's easier for them to um play around that uh, check for it and then use removal while like they only have shield slams and executes and control wire to check for spellbender and you're already getting rid of removal through that and you're always happy to see that other stuff uh you always want to hit like barrier against most aggro decks um sometimes it um there's only six secrets so it is it's basically a coin flip on hitting the exact secret you want. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, yeah, you're not always hitting in the one you want. You have to choose, like, the second or third best. Like, against Rogue, you might not hit... Um, you might not hit Barrier. And then some people think that, like, going for Mirror Entity is the best, but most of the time, Mirror Entity just really doesn't do much, especially when they have Lackeys, and then yeah. all you get is a 1-1. One, one. Um even like a splitting image is better most of the time um with this deck actually um you can actually set up keysmith on four so many times i do that i just drop the keysmith on four get the splitting image uh the rogue would just backstab the keysmith and then i can just drop a rotten apple bomb and if they don't mm -hmm. have to zap then that's two yields two rotten apple bombs oh, that's oh, a huge oh. swing turn it's really good um, I think Doomsayer is actually a card that requires a lot of skill to use. Um, you're not always using it with trees. Sometimes you use Doomsayer and you would play a Doomsayer and expect it to die. You're playing it to basically give yourself 7, seven HP. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, like that. that's cool. No, and that's definitely, those are definitely big things. Like when, when I first started playing Freeze Mage, that's a mistake I always made. I, I would always, like, if I didn't have a temple, like, this is back when, like, Mech Mage was popular and stuff, right? Like, and if I didn't have a temple Doomsayer on two or whatever to just, like, clear and slow it down a bit, like, I'd always save it for, like, five, right? Nova and Doomsayer. And then later on, I realized, well, you know, man, I just need to get to this turn. And I just needed to buy me, like, you know, seven health this turn or whatnot right and then you can start staggering them right like doomsayer one turn blizzard the next turn flame strike next yeah. turn or whatever and which i mean yeah helps you save a way more cards in hand and get get a lot more value out of out of stuff in your hand i guess um you know i was playing this deck the other day i was tr i was trying to pilot the deck a couple of games the other day and i didn't run into any rogues but i did run into a couple warriors um what do you okay. suggest if I know that it's likely Control Warrior, what am I looking for in the mulligan, and how am I approaching that game plan? Like, how do I put pressure on them so that by the time I lay down an Alexstrasza, they haven't already gained 45 armor? You know what I mean? Yeah, so Warrior is one of your harder matchups, but in my stats, it's actually I actually have like a positive win rate versus Warrior. I'm around like 65% versus them. Wow. Um, yeah, like, and you, uh, it's the same with other people. They, they, they also think Warrior is a hard matchup, and it is. But there's, like, specific things you actually need to do in the matchup. Um, 
first mulligan um you do want to mull for archmage antonitis power creation alexstrasza those are like the main cards you want um you can keep ai because you have a higher chance of trying those cards you really want to put as much pressure as you can in the later stages of the game but before then what you want to do is actually focus on chipping away their armor um basically every game versus warrior you're going for an alexstrasza plan mm -hmm. and um if you're going for an alexstrasza plan that means that their hp doesn't really matter until after alexstrasza yeah so like i um there would be times where they would be at like four or five armor and then i need to get rid of a card like um and it could be like or i don't or I could play a fireball, but I won't play a fireball because then I would actually be losing damage if I were to use a fireball right now. I would wait until they're like six plus armor to use it. Ah, okay. Like small, small, small things like that. Like I pretty much never use burn against uh, on any of their minions. Mm. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'll use like a frostbolt or something on an acolyte. That's worth it sometimes. How but in general, rover? like. Uh, what was that? Eternium Rover. Eternium Rover. Um, no, I, I I don't think it's worth using a Frostbolt on the Rover. Um, I feel like you... A Rover being on board doesn't really matter for you in the early stages of the game. I feel like um, it's eventually gonna die to like one of your minions or maybe a board clear, mm -hmm. and just like an early rover isn't worth using burn on. Like that would, like if you were to use a frostbolt, you're giving them two armor. You're giving them two armor, and you're also losing three damage on their face. So mm -hmm. you're basically you're basically losing five um, five damage by doing that. That's true. How about, uh, so, I mean, I'm guessing in that matchup, you kind of save Ray of Frost to use with Antonitis or something? I mean, just to get more Yeah, pretty much, pretty much all the time. Um, against Warrior, you want to save both your... Um, if you're on the coin, you want to save both your Ray of Frost, um, generate five fireballs, and also save the coin. Um, so you need to be at, like, eight cards in your hand before you can do it if you want to generate five fireballs without overdrawing. And five fireballs is a lot. That is a thirty damage. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, a lot. Of that's damage. that that's a lot. And if you can set it up, um, you're happy. Um, uh, without the coin, you can only set up three, which is eighteen damage. That's the twelve damage difference just um, by yeah. not being on the coin. Wow. Crazy. See, that's a big. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, I I was challenging a warrior, and we were get. I mean, I was close. I had this guy really, really low, and this is after he played uh, the uh, Doctor Boom or whatever. So, and then I was really just like, yeah. man, I really need to find another like five or six damage. And now that you're telling me this, like, I I know already that I played the coin the coin earlier. Like, I played it with the Caligos into like Pyroblast or something, and I'm just like, hmm, I could have. And it wasn't until yeah, I played like, the Antonitis, I'm thinking, like, man, if I had that Ray of Frost that I had earlier, this game would have been done. But, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah, I pretty much, like, always save the coin. Um, very rarely I would use, 
the coin um, and not generate 30 damage. That's only if I somehow manage to get them low enough through like power of creation and then just early minion pressure after an Alex and they're like at like five or something HP, then I'll be like, okay, I can probably just generate one or two fireballs with this Antonite and try to end the game like two or three turns. How about versus Rogue? Uh, you mentioned that Rogue is a, is a much easier match, or that's something that you'd love to queue yeah. into. And I, you know, I can see yeah. how Rotten Oppenbaum is ridiculously strong versus Rogue, because not only because of the heal, but because of the five health break point. And you know, they're going to have to swing a weapon in there, and you, know, you have weapon removal, and you know, even the, four, the pick can't kill an Oppenbaum on its own. So uh, well, how do you play that matchup in general? Like, what, what is the goal? What do you... How are you trying to close out the win there? Yeah, so against Rogue, you're pretty much always playing defensively. Um, the second they run out of steam, which that doesn't always happen because of cards like Myra's and yeah. it's going to generate a lot of um, a lot of resources. But you do need to play defensively, and um, once you're ahead on board, you can start going offensive. Okay. You know, I usually. Uh, of course, you're looking for cards like Ooze uh, to deal with Pick because Pick is probably the strongest card against you. Uh, Doomsayer. Um, most people stop running Hench Clan Thug, so mm -hmm. I don't think there's too much reason to keep Frostbolt, actually. A lot of people would keep Frostbolt, but um, I actually think there are much better cards to have instead of Frostbolt, so I actually throw it now. Um, I look. I try to go for cards like Keysmith and Rotten Apple Bomb because you're eventually going to need that extra armor and HP hmm. because they just have they have a lot of burst damage. But if you can survive it, then you can start fighting for board and just win the game over two or three turns. You just uh, need to be able to reach that point. Let's see. Do you ever hold intellect in any matchups? Um, intellect, or yeah, arcane intellect. Do you, do you ever? Hold yeah. That? Um, um, for the slower matchups, I do like warrior. I would keep it, um, because basically, when you mulligan a card, you're basically replacing the card with another one, right? Yeah. For AI, you're actually getting two cards in place of AI, so I think it's always worth keeping it for slower matchups. Okay. Against stuff like Rogue, um, yeah, I I sometimes can even... It, it's a hard call, but like something like Acolyte is better. Mm. Um, it's... If the rest of my hand is good, then I'll keep AI. It's just, you're not always going to go with an AI play on three, mm. not not at all the time. Like some like a lot of the games, I want to be able to like drop a Doomsayer or go like Doomsayer Ray of Frost, something like that. So I noticed, uh, or when you were talking earlier about how your new version of the deck um, removed the rotten apple bombs because you were facing more of these uh, mage mage decks. Um, what? Is Rotten Apple Bomb the flex spot where people should, the first card that they should look to cut if they're facing um, a meta like that is warped in a certain direction? Like, you know, if they're 
I mean, obviously, if they're challenging only rogues, then Rotten Applebaum works very well there. But um, if they're facing a yeah. lot of uh, control warrior, um, is Rotten Applebaum a card that they should cut for something else that could maybe hedge that matchup? Um, the cards I would cut from the list are... Or the list is actually very tight. I think the only flex spots are Arcane Keysmith, Rotten Applebaum, um, one Sunreaver, and Flamestrike. I actually... Uh, sometimes Pyroblast. Yeah, uh, sometimes Pyroblast, depending on the meta. But I would say those are the only cards that you want to consider cutting. Um, freeze mage uh you can cut the power of creation but only if you're running like mountain giants plus conjurers because that is like a different version of freeze mm -hmm. mage it runs the giant plus conjurers package uh, i think that's uh that's pretty different um i would yeah keysmith and rod and apple bomb they're mostly there for aggro and if you're not facing that much aggro you can't um, say you're queuing into Miracle Mage, I would put in like Voodoo Dolls, mm -hmm. um, Polymorphs, those are those are fine to deal with like early giants. Um, Warriors, you can actually tech in Astromancers, that actually helps the matchup a lot. Astromancer? Hmm. Yeah, I think they're pretty decent. Um, but I probably wouldn't do it like as of right now, just because it's just too many matchups for Astromasters just isn't that good. Like, it's mainly just for Warrior. If you were going to enter a specialist tournament, like, tomorrow, would you bring Freeze Mage? Uh, and if you did, oh yeah, what, what um, would you bring as a secondary and tertiary? Maybe not exact card builds, but what kind of decks would you try to come back, uh, combat with the other two lineups? Yeah, there, there's actually... Um actually a team out there uh team no pros i think they do a special they do like specialist reports like every week or so yeah and they said um i think like last week or maybe two weeks ago they said freeze mage is an underplayed deck in specialist tournaments but it's one with an incredibly high win rate really so yeah, so I think I think more people need to try out Freeze Mage, both in ladder and in specialist tournaments. I think it's very powerful. Um, if I were to bring it in a specialist tournament, though, um, the main deck would be primarily for Rogue. So probably like the list right now, mm -hmm. um, is might just be the main deck and. Second and third is usually reserved for warrior and mage. Um, no need to like tech for Nomi Priest because I think this deck does very well versus Nomi Priest. Mm -hmm. uh, warrior, you can add in cards like Khadgar, uh, Astromancers, uh, Messenger Ravens. Uh, Messenger Ravens are actually very good versus warrior. Not so much in other matchups, but for Wire, it's like, it's a card that cycles itself, and you get to play another big threat. It's actually very good, especially when you're also putting Khadgar on the list. And then for Mage, which I'm not, I'm not sure how often um, the new Miracle Cyclone Mage is being brought, but I know Dragon Mage was very relevant in the past few weeks. 
so I would add card. They also run the giant Conjurist package, so I would also put Polymorph, uh, Voodoo Doll. Cool. Uh, yeah. So Dave, man, I've kept you here for a long time, but before we close out the podcast, I wanted to ask you if you tried the new uh, Dalaran Heist little adventure mode. I actually have not yet. Actually, um, oh man, I've done like none of the roguelike um, single player content actually. Really? I think for like, yeah, I think for like a year or two, um, my quest log would just have two oh, slots just for, just, that's just like a uh, do a dungeon run. And Dude. do Monster Hunt. It was just like that for like a year and a half. And I was just getting no gold whatsoever. And then a recent update, like two or three months ago, actually you let um let people or you, you couldn't um you couldn't remove that quest or you couldn't recycle oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before. Yeah. yeah, so it was actually just stuck there. And then a recent update made it so that you actually can. I was so happy that day. Oh, <laughs> See that's and, a competitor yeah. in there. You don't care about the single player like solo adventure at all. Like I don't know, like I've seen other people do it and it looked fun, but for some reason I had no drive to do it myself. Uh, no, like this time around like I, I did the other like solo adventure content. And then this one is kind of like a mix between the two. So I don't know. Maybe I'll actually try it out this time. <laughs> Dude, this one is super deep. Like, I, I don't want to be an advocate for uh, solo play, but I like, I, I always joke. I like Hearthstone. So I like all aspects of Hearthstone, yeah. whether it's wild or standard or whatnot. But Adventure Mode is fun. And like, I, I'm just obsessive compulsive. So I like to, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to beat it with all the classes. You know, I got to. I gotta beat all the heroic things, right? But I mean, dude, it's it's actually pretty deep. There's like, there's a lot of different variety. Yeah, it, it looks like they put cool. a lot of effort on this on this one. I know it looks like they took all the grandmaster's effort and specialist effort and they put it into the solo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but on that note, man, you know, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast. Um, I wanted to give you a little moment if you you want to shout out anybody or let people know where they can find you um on twitch or twitter or whatnot um yeah and anything you want to say to anybody listening yeah um thank you guys for tuning in um my twitter is at solajiths and my twitch is also solajiths um i do have a youtube i'll be working on that eventually um my team is team diverse you can find them on twitter diverse gg and uh yeah that's about it (laughs) man yo one more question do you have a diverse esports jersey i have a t-shirt but no jersey no jersey it's a very it's a very new team so we're still working on a bunch of things they need right to get you a jersey. I, you know, I ask every guy who comes on the stream who has like a, a, a sponsor, esports sponsor. I'm like, man, you gotta get a jersey. Like, cause I, I don't know what it is about these esports jerseys, but I always think they look so cool, they're awesome looking, kind of got like a little professional feel to it. So I hope that for your graduation that, gift, that these guys definitely soon. get you one of these, man. So yeah, for sure, it'll it'll definitely happen at some point. No, David, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me on the podcast. You know, congratulations. Uh, for you know all you do in Hearthstone and for graduating in a month, uh, I hope you find 
whatever direction it is your life takes you, I hope you find exactly what you're looking for and many, many, many more high legend finishes and wonderful things in your life. Uh, everyone at home, thank you for listening. And we stay tuned next week where we talk to Danny Donuts about some wild action. And he has a special Kingsbane list for that episode. See you guys.